welcome back to the doghouse. Where have you been? Okay, maybe a better question is, where have I been? Well, I'm here, and so are you, in this weekend edition of the doghouse here on the Believe Network. Yes, uh, been a little remiss this past week with the doghouse, but uh, a lot of adjustments going on here at Doghouse Central. It's, uh, let's see, June 11th as we record this. The College World Series is a week away. The Super Regional Round is going on right now. And no, I am not glued to the TV. Got it on. And as I pass through the living room in the afternoons, I check the scores, certainly. In evenings, I'll sit down and watch more of it. At this point, though, we've got a lot to take care of because uh, for reasons that we will go more into depth in in early July, there's some transitions about to take place, both of the Doghouse and your Dog's Bite editor here on the website and other things. So um, the one advantage, and I will say it is one of very few advantages to not being busy with baseball right now, is that there's time to take care of a lot of other stuff. In fact, I'm trying to realize that, you know, is this what real life is really like? Because we've gotten spoiled. What, 2018, 2019, 2021? We're spending most of June in Omaha or at Super Regionals and others. And, of course, 2020 was such a wipeout, we don't even count that anyway. So, yes, I and we have gotten spoiled by Bulldog Baseball playing in this most wonderful month of the season. It's not so wonderful for us this year, but for reasons we'll get into in a moment, it's a very key moment for the future of Bulldog Baseball as Coach Chris Lamonis and staff are really hitting that portal hard. And, of course, a lot of soon-to-be former Diamond Dogs have been hitting it hard themselves. Uh, speaking of the NCAA tournament ongoing right now, what games are we tracking most? You know, since we're not in this position, and, of course, now Mississippi State has the luxury of being reigning national champions for a couple more weeks, savor that, it's more down to, um, I'm not going to say who do you pull for to be the next national champion. This is the SEC. We don't so much pull for other people as we try to decide who are we pulling against the most. And if that involves a certain regional down in Hattiesburg, well, what can I say? That's two of the ultimate rivals for Bulldog baseball. But it will be entertaining to watch from a safe distance if you happen to be in the TV market that is showing it. Otherwise, you keep track of it as best you can. And certainly I'll be watching for what's happening up in Knoxville. If I have to pull for a team right now of the 16 survivors as the moment, Notre Dame is my team. First, because I liked them last year. Thought they was a good ball club, fun, lot to watch. And had they not uh, booted four balls on opening day in the Super Regional, they might have gone to Omaha instead of the Bulldogs. As it turns out, State's able to get there. And despite being a two-seed this year, Notre Dame is on the verge of finally getting back to the World Series. Uh, coincidentally, we just ran in one of our flashback series on Gene's page. The 2000 game where State beat Notre Dame and then coach Paul Maneri, who would soon be showing up at an SEC address, 10-8 to on the Ty Martin home run, and oh, the drama of that evening in Starkville. So let's just say that if I'm going to pull for anybody, should the Irish survive, this descendant of the Scots will be pulling for them. Otherwise, I'll have to figure out somebody else, and mostly it will be easy to decide who I'm pulling against as it will be for you, because that's just how we roll down here in the land where it just means more hatred for your rivals. Well, that's part of the uh, you know way to make yourself feel a little better when your team's not playing, and the knowledge that uh, Lamonis is rebuilding the roster fast, so 
I'm not going to go out of limb certainly yet and say that State will be back in Omaha in 2023, but you've got to like what the Portal news has been lately and some of the news coming from the draft as well. Oh, by the way, speaking of the national champions, here's another reminder. This coming Tuesday, June 14th, you'll get a chance to recall, review last June's wonderfulness. Banner Year will be debuting on ESPN. No, I don't know the times yet, but I can say based on all the interviews done by this ESPN commissioned crew, it's going to be a full retelling of the team. They talk to just about everybody you can think of and maybe a few you wouldn't think of. Uh, No hints there. And I will say this too. They like college baseball. Damien, who is in charge of it, he knows the sport. And he likes it, and that is a rare exception to the national media rule these days. Yes, it's our sport in the SEC, but nationwide it's still a niche. So you're always happy to talk to a bunch who like the sport the way you do. So I'm looking forward to that Tuesday night, as should you be. All right, back to the portal. July 1, that's the deadline. If you're going to play in 2023, you have to sign with your new school by July 1 of this year. As of yesterday, 11 dogs had been portalized, which is second only to Missouri's 12 here in the SEC. A couple of schools had none. By no coincidence, those schools are still playing right now, or one or two. That's a reflection of why so many dogs and tigers have already declared, because draw your own conclusions otherwise. But the fact that these were the two SEC teams not appearing in Hoover this year gave those guys a head start. Uh, trying to get ahead of the growing crowd that's headed to the exits this year. And by the same token, the coaches of those teams have been able to, uh, let's say, advise and encourage some of those said players of such plans so they, the coaches, could get busy also immediately on replacing the departures. And Mississippi State has made some moves in that direction. No, they haven't filled out with a full 11, which you can't because you've got a signing class come in. Don't forget that. You've still got the recruits of last fall and this spring who are coming in, so you can have to be a little picky about the portal this year. You can't just go out and wholesale unless you think you're going to be drafted, and there's some news on that score as well. What the state has picked up so far, a pair of pitchers, a right-hander and a left-hander, thank goodness for the latter, as wow, was 22 short on southpaws, along with an outfielder and a middle infielder. Good news there. So with four and more coming ahead of the July 1 deadline because Lamonas and staff are really busy. But here's the trick. You don't know how many you can get exactly. You almost have to err on the side of caution because that draft is a coming. July 17th and 18th and 19th. And as we have discussed before, what a contrary position that puts college coaches and for that matter, the prospects in. You've got to make your move by July 1, then three weeks later, you're finding out if you're drafted or not. Oh, by the way, and I needed to be reminded of this as well. A signee, whether from the portal or straight out of high school, can go ahead and enroll for your second summer semester sometime around the 4th of July now that they're on scholarship aid and soon, pretty soon, to be on NIL aid as well. They can be in summer school for two weeks, get drafted, pack up their gear, and go pro. Do you see yet again why the draft should go back to the original June selection period for the convenience of the college coaches and for that matter for the players? It gives them longer to think about it. They have to sign, I believe, by early August 
So that's a kind of a short time frame after July, you know, a little putting a little pressure. It also means the chance of them getting any realistic summer baseball action is pretty slim at that point. Well, that's the complications, and maybe someday it'll get settled, and maybe not, because a professional baseball hasn't been of a mind much to work with the college game. Uh, there's still some of that lingering envy, you have to say, among the people in the pros who didn't go to college themselves about college baseball. Fortunately, that's faded much over the last couple of decades, but still some lingering animus between the two. And they're not going to go out of their way to really give college baseball a hand. Speaking of the draft, uh, Steve Robertson has done a good job keeping track of some of these guys on our site. I guess the two headliners right now would be uh, outfielder Dakota Jordan is trending much in the better direction of coming to school. Again, always depending on your draft status. And pitcher Bradley Lofton, unfortunately, is trending in the other direction. Uh, He's got a number in mind by all reports. Will the pros give that number? Well, they're kind of constricted, too, by your draft pool these days. You've got those set amounts and maybe a little to fudge with. But it's not quite like the negotiations of the old days. Plus, it has to be in a shorter time frame. Still, all that said, that's two of your top prospects. By the way, it's almost conceded at this point shortstop Jet Williams will be going pro, uh, even though he's not physically imposing a little short, no pun intended, for a professional shortstop these days. The pros really like the Texas kid, so I am not counting on him coming in this year, which is another reason why State went after a middle infielder through the portal and start reinforcing that area. So what else does Mississippi State want to pursue right now? Well, arms, arms, and probably a couple more arms at this point. And some more power will certainly be welcomed, and you can't go wrong by picking up another outfielder. And it still amazes me how relatively thin State was in the outfield the last couple of seasons. Now, this year they had more. just turns out they couldn't find one who could regularly play center field reliably. But some of those guys are on their way out as well, so... You've got to rebuild the depth there because they're so versatile. Middle infielder, outfielders can do all sorts of things from pinch running, pinch hitting, subbing all around the field. So the versatility provided there, which always has to be done in the context of the 27-man roster that college baseball will remain stuck with. You know, and uh, I'm going to try to catch some people in the future when there's time, which probably won't be much, how NIL and Other things will affect the baseball roster in the future. More so, what will happen if college football does indeed break away from NCAA control totally and run its own show? Where does that leave all the other sports, not least baseball, as far as settling things like eligibility, class sizes, draft schedules, all sorts of things? Well, that's what's going on with baseball, as in only recruiting here, watching other teams play, figuring out who we want to lose each game. Hopefully, next June, we'll be back at the games in person ourselves. Meanwhile, back here on the Mississippi State campus, Top Dog Camp is underway. Uh, By the way, I'll put in the plug, if you haven't seen it yet, go see Top Gun Maverick. It's worth it. It is a top 10 flick already in my own memory. And considering how long my memory goes, that's quite a statement. But boy, okay, ending a little hokey, but then isn't that part of the fun? Loved it. Now, Top Dog Campus began yesterday, continued today. Steve Robertson and Paul Jones doing a great job in person covering it because they can talk to prospects. Uh, your editor and uh, doghouser here can't. I'm declared a booster, so I'm unable to speak with prospective student athletes. That's something I'll be getting into in an interview in the future that I'll discuss in just a moment. 
We talked a couple weeks ago in our last conversation about the SEC spring meetings. Well, no huge news out of it other than the news was there would be no news about future football scheduling. As I wrote in our story, they just decided not to decide yet. Uh, Greg Sankey, commissioner, and the SEC presidents have not come down hard one way or the other. And I'll give you a little inside tip on that, why it is so. The SEC is serious about consensus. Remember, all decisions are made by the 14, yes, still for now, 14 presidents, not 16. Texas, Oklahoma have no vote until they're officially members. They make the decision, and they don't care as administrators for word getting out of who disagreed and who didn't agree with certain decisions, so they want to put on a unanimous face when the final decision is made. Uh, Dr. Mark Keenum was a little more blunt than usual, but since he speaks for the College of Oil Playoff, he also has the status to speak for his peers at the SEC meetings, and he made it pretty clear that no later than next spring meetings, the SEC will decide what to do with future football scheduling, i.e., when, if they stay with eight teams, do they switch to the 1-7 rotation, not if, And if more likely, in my mind, ultimately they do go to the nine-game SEC schedule because that's what the big mouse wants when they're paying billions of bucks, how will it be broken down in a 3-6 rotation as well? And how does that incorporate Texas, who right now, and Oklahoma, who right now are scheduled to come aboard in 2025? I really think it's going to happen earlier now because, ta-da, the SEC's ginormous network contract begins with 2024. Do you really think the Longhorns and Sooners are going to sit there and limp through one more season in the Big 12, which, by the way, has raised their game as far as payouts and is adding four new members by then. But do those teams really want to uh, sit there and be howled at by teams that they're waving goodbye to? Or do they want to jump in the SEC a year ahead of script and get in on some of that sweet, sweet money that's going to be coming from Disney, ESPN, the SEC's way? Yeah, you think you would figure out that's a pretty easy decision to make. Well, the SEC is going to probably hold serve at the moment on the eight-game schedule. A, to figure out exactly when Texas and Oklahoma are most likely to be joining up, get this new TV package settled underway, and of course, uh, let that college football playoff play out, as in eight teams, unlikely. Twelve teams, probably. When? 2026, most likely at the earliest. I don't see Disney at the moment and the College Football Playoff Committee breaking that deal, which is set through the 2025 season. It could happen. I mean, contracts, as we've seen, are made to be shredded. But when you have that much cash involved, it's probably more likely that the playoff won't start until 2026. However, by delaying it just that long, it will allow the SEC to look ahead, okay, and say, this is our best scheduling plan to hit the play, the new playoff period running, i.e. best chance to get three teams in every year. Clever, a little frustrating to fans who just want to know right now, but clever. Speaking of you fans, now we turn more immediately to the Mississippi State angle. We had our interview this past week with ticket director, Bulldog Club director Mike Ritchie. It's still available on the site. You can check it out, what he had to say. Generally, season ticket sales seem to be going well at this point. And the very day that story ran, I interviewed him on the evening, ran the story the next day. Probably in no coincidence, State decided to start publicizing some of the fresh ticket plans focused on the season opener. 
Uh, specific ones related to this mostly do involve the Memphis game on opening day, uh, rather opening evening. And by the way, I've been told that Mississippi State lobbied hard, very hard, to get an evening opener this time. So they got what they asked for, and you fans certainly got what you asked for. A later kick, still in the sunshine, but hopefully a little cooler. It worked, and now it's up for everyone to show up and make it matter. And any dove you miss will still be out there the next day or so. So they've released some ideas on flex plans. Now I'll let you go to the Hale State site to read the details, but there will be a separate premier and value plan involving all the seven home games in a various series of packages. This is simply smart. It does not impact me, of course. I'm a media member. I'm going to show up three hours before any kickoff regardless. But you, the fan, are stuck for most of two months waiting to learn what the game times are going to be and often finding out too late to adjust any other fall plans. So I get it. This is annoying at best to you, infuriating at the worst. And that's another price of letting TV schedule, well, schedule our lives for us. So flexing, as Mississippi State is going to test out this year, will allow some, okay, I'll say it, flexibility for fans to go pick and choose what game times fit them and not force fit themselves into a season script. Hmm. I like that line. I'm going to have to save that for future reuse. But you get the idea. Allowing you fans to flex your packages, to pick and choose within the context of a season ticket that may not be an entire season's worth of games, that just makes sense in the modern market, especially since more and more it's going to get tougher to sell season tickets. That's the blunt truth. Uh, when, when you're charging as much to see, just for example, a Tennessee state as to see a Tennessee, okay, not exactly as much, but you get the idea I'm talking about. When you're charging those kind of prices to watch FCS or G5 games, it takes some of the edge off the enthusiasm to buy a full season ticket. This is a great way to start adjusting that to the realities of the modern market. And by the way, uh, single-game tickets will go on sale to Bulldog Club members. Membership has its privileges, after all, uh, on July 25th, and to you, the general public, on August 1. And if you're not a Bulldog Club member, why not? It doesn't cost that much. I prove that every season. And somebody's got to pay the bills for those guys to keep the lights on and pay their lunch tab as well. So don't spend all your money on NIL. Spend some of the Bulldog Club and the ticket office as well because Mississippi State needs the support. And I will get into that in coming weeks as more and more about NIL takes shape. Speaking of NIL, we have a talk planned with Charlie Winfield of the Bulldog Initiative, which will hopefully clarify, not least in my own muddled mind, what a collective is, what it is not, what it can do, what it can't do, and how are they getting the word out to those willing to... Okay, what exactly do we wish to call NAL contracting? I guess the polite term would be support. Um, hire? Yeah, not as polite and maybe not absolutely accurate. Or shall we just call it what in too many cases I honestly believe NIL is about to become? Bribing. Bribing a guy or a gal to come to a school which is not their first or fifth choice because the money's better than others or close enough to change their minds for a year or two at least. And this is not, I stress this, this is not a criticism of college athletes and their chance to go make some money for themselves. That's, that's the reality, so go for it. What's going to happen is in coming cases, 
they, and I will approve of this, take the money as a short-term solution to sign one school while making it known both on and off the field or court that when their one-year service is done, and remember, these are only one-year deals, when that deal is done, they're back on the market again. If this is the reality, then guys and gals, go for all you can get. We schools and fans can sort out the rest over time. But anyway, for now, I want to know and pass along to y'all what Charlie has to say about the Bulldog Initiative, uh, what its goals are, what are the limits and the realities within the modern college sports landscape. So keep an eye out on the site for the story. Charlie's been a very busy Bulldog these days. And oh, by the way, since he has a law degree from Notre Dame, he, like I, is pulling for that team in Knoxville, too, these days. I've got a long list of questions. Hopefully he has time to get it because, like I said, he's busy. He's announced a NIL deal for a Lady Bulldog this uh, past week. And I want to get an idea of how they're going to publicize it because that's another fine line, too. How do you market yourself as an initiative to current athletes and uh, – Within the context of NCAA rules, yes, they still have rules, how much they matter. Now, that's a diminishing returns business that we'll be getting into as these months and years grind on. But there's still some limitations regarding there. So I I just have a lot of questions to ask, and I won't even come close to getting them all in, much less answered. But Charlie will be helpful on this, so stay tuned for that. Let's see. we're, We're past 20 minutes already here. I've been pretty badly remiss uh, these past few months in not recognizing the other feats of Bulldog athletes. Softball, of course, great year for Samantha Ricketts' team. Uh, They reached the Super Regional round and even got to post a pair of games to Arizona, packing that stadium and uh, reminding why Mississippi State is investing $6 million in a new softball clubhouse. The kids earned it. In the toughest league in the country to play softball, They earned it. Oh, by the way, it's only going to get tougher as guess who is joining the league in a few more years. Yeah, repeat national champion Oklahoma. And one of the teams also in the Final Four, Texas. Yeah, it just means more challenge for the softball coach. But, you know, the hire, or rather I should say promotion of Samantha Ricketts is working out very nicely for John Cohen. Uh, Another choice that's off to a strong, and I do mean strong start, is Chris Jans. I know basketball's not on my summer radar much as it used to be, but Paul Jones has the restocking and in some key cases retaining of veteran Bulldogs covered very well on Gene's page. Let's just say exciting times are headed back to Comfrey Coliseum, which itself is an undergoing renovation, of course, and it should be finished by the 23-24 season. There won't be too much in the way of inconveniences this winter, Cohen's promised, But you know what? With the lineup that Jans is assembling, well, it shouldn't matter. If you have to pick your way through some fences and find new entrances to the Humpty Dome, you're going to want to be there. This is going to be fun to watch as this team gets back, and I might even start liking basketball again. Well, who wouldn't? Because, okay, I respected Ben Highland as a person. I thought he'd been a good coach 20 years ago, certainly 40 years ago. The time was passed. The state had gotten awfully stolid on the court. Now the electricity is back in the Humpty Dome. Oh, and uh, we've totally missed talking about men's track. They finished up yesterday with a pair of Bulldogs making the NCAA championships, and within the arcane scoring system of this sport, State finished top 30 in combined points again. Uh, What, some years they do it with a hammer, some years the javelin. Well, this time it was a, a couple of dogs who got the points there, and so kudos to them. They made it to the big stage, and... 
just that kind of wraps up the sporting season for Mississippi State. 21-22, didn't finish up exactly as we all hoped it would, but uh, there's some promising signs there, particularly for football. Yes, I said it. There are particularly promising signs for football. July 19th is on the way. Yep, I'll be in Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame for the annual, or back-to-annual, press fest that we know and don't love is SEC Media Days. And that we have other labels for it that we can't say or print as the only media who matter much now there um, work for that four-letter word network that pays the SEC's bills. Do I begrudge it? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, it's a press fest. It's a show. It's a, it's a made-for-TV production for the SEC, and boy, do they blow it out there. And while Atlanta's not quite as convenient a trip as it will be, uh, usually going to Hoover, then I'm uh, not going to object to the fact that I don't have to wade my way through a lobby flooded with crimson-clad clowns. You know, Walmart must do really big t-shirt and cap business every summer in that state selling school gear to people who may not even set foot on that campus. Okay, vent over. I'm assuming now, after saying that, the SEC office pals will allow my admission to the College Football Hall of Fame where Media Days is held this year. Then again, I won't say what I really think of them for once again scheduling Mississippi State and Alabama in the same slot. Well, it's in the morning. Oh, boy. That means i got to deal with Atlanta rush hour traffic. Maybe I should stay outside of town on Monday night and, and you know, martyr my way into the HOF and get out and get back to Starkville. Uh, Mississippi State has not announced the three dogs who will be joining Mike Leach in Atlanta. I can just about guess two of them, and it ain't who you might automatically think. Uh, this coach is kind of protective of certain players in regard to dealing with the media. That said, if Austin Williams isn't one of them, I'm going to be stunned because he is your go-to guy for press conferences, win or lose, in the regular season, so why not for media days as well? You really hope, you really hope he lets Will Rogers loose to do media days this year because, face it, he had third best season as an SEC passer ever, so you want a guy who's going to be your headliner in the offense out there. Third choice? Hmm, I could come up with a few guys, uh, but let me give you a little inside tip on this. It comes down to who Mississippi State, and for that matter, most other colleges, not so much who they want to promote at this point. They're going to be promoted anyway. It comes down to who do they believe is safest to get in front of the media and not say anything that will cause any trouble, make any waves. If that sounds kind of bland, well, that's exactly what coaches modern day have done. They've turned it uh, from an event where you brought guys you really wanted to make all SEC, perhaps all American. And some schools will still do that because they happen to have players who can do that and can talk safely in front of media. But the game has changed in that regard, which is another reason why SEC Media Days is not quite as informative as it used to be. And that's also why I only go for Mississippi State session. We'll have more details about uh, the timing of State's visit, again, Tuesday the 19th in July. Now, between now and then, the much-shortened Road Dogs Tour makes four, just four stops in three days. That's all next week. No, I'm not going to be making any of those this year, but I'm really intrigued by the idea of the new Hale State Happy Hours Tour, which will follow sometime this summer. No details here two weeks after Revelation, but when they do, I have got to go check out at least one of these to judge the value. And of course, as always, take the temperature of you fans. 
Okay, message boards, to be blunt, tend to get bogged down by a bare handful of folk who usually grab the opposite ends of the spectrum for their stances. Talking to y'all and talking to you fans who show up, listen to what the coaches and administrators have to say, it's a much more reasonable measure to me of the state of the Mississippi State mind. So uh, be on your guard. If you're hosting one of these happy hour events, your editor may be showing up unannounced, unwarned, hopefully welcomed. <laughs> hey, I'll pay admission. You know, just because I get a free press pass doesn't mean I don't donate the Bulldog Club or help out alumni events. I'm an alumnus after all. I do my share as best I can. Let's see, what else is going on football? I mentioned uh, the camp uh, enrolled right now. All SEC preseason teams will start coming out from uh, media outlets. In fact, I think one just did. <laughs> I didn't even know Athlon was still a thing anymore. Who knew? But they'll start trickling out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of respect Leach's team gets. Uh, Rodgers, will he? You know, there's so many high-profile quarterbacks who have transferred into this freaking conference that he's going to get lost in that clutter. But that's just the nature of the game these days and the coverage that's given around the SEC, i.e. very superficial. That's okay. Mississippi State doesn't mind being a little low-key at this point because I'm looking for a breakout this season. Now, what form that exactly takes, well, we've got all summer to discuss that. I know on a message board post, uh, maybe back in March or so, somebody came out and asked. I got a little quippy at the time, and it may end up being my actual prediction, but at the time I said eight or out. If that sounds a little rude, well, again, like I said, it was a quip at the moment. We'll find out what I really think as we get more into the season, start looking at the opposition, which, by the way, is getting tougher and tougher thanks to the portal because you just don't know what so many other teams have. You know the reputation of their signees, but do they fit? Can they run the offense? Can they play the defense? Do they like their teammates? Does it matter anymore? Is college football now so professionalized it really is a plug-and-play? Well, that's one another reality that uh, you and I are having to get used to in these dog days of summer. No, the Diamond Dogs aren't playing, but it's summer. Uh, football is on the way. Baseball portal's busy. And we will expect more news from the camps as they go on this coming weeks as well on jeanspage.com, where we'll be passing it along. And our cohorts have their own podcast to throw up as well. So we're trying to keep you busy with something to listen to, to talk over or to talk back to or even yell at me about hey i'm good on all of it we also have some changes planned for the doghouse um, hopefully these first few months have been mostly an experiment so far with the believe network we have some ideas about finding a co-host in fact one name has emerged and i'll be talking with him this week and see if that's practical for both of us as we get into football season because we're going to blow out coverage our contract only calls for one podcast a week but Come on, you folk deserve way more than that and from way more sources than myself. Just tune into myself because I'm good at this. Okay, sorry, I couldn't resist that. <laughs> I hope to get good at it someday. But I'm enjoying talking to you from this long distance, and soon I'll be talking with you hopefully in person at some happy hour events and other stops along the summer track. Because, goodness, we're already a third of the way through June. And if there's no Bulldog baseball, it's certainly going to pass fast. Then it's July. Then the players are showing up. SEC media days, happy hours tours. We're practically in football season again soon, which means 
We'll be talking to you often from here in the doghouse on the Believe Network. This is your host, David Murray. Good to hear from you again. Uh, we welcome feedback on Gene's page message boards. Oh, and there will be news coming on that front as well uh, by the end of the month also about the direction that we'll be taking with it. See, just because we got no sports playing at the moment doesn't mean nothing's going on. Lots happening, and you'll be the first to know about it, especially if you check in here in the doghouse on the Believe Network. <laughs>